Welcome to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. We welcome you to come and join us as we explore the Word of God to open up new levels of glory for every believer to come in closer to the Father. Join Apostle Calvin as he shares the Word of God as the Lord Jesus has revealed it unto him to share with the body of Christ. Apostle Calvin Brown of Christ Good Glorified Ministries. Welcome to another broadcast centered around the kingdom of God. Amen. The, the key to the kingdom of God is for the blessings and the benefit of heaven to be manifested in God's kingdom, even to those who dwell, of us who dwell in this earth realm, though we abide in him, we abide in Christ, we abide in God. Um, we abide in the kingdom, amen. The kingdom of God is, is within us, amen. And so though we are in the world, we are not of the world. And so we, um, we operate under an open heaven, days of heaven on earth. We have access to God and we have access to God's presence, amen. So we have access to God. We have access to heaven through God's presence. Amen. We, we experience days of heaven on earth. And through the word of God, we receive the blessings, the blessings of God. Amen. That blessed state. Amen. So today we want to start in Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Amen. As, as we purpose to show where our hearts are. Amen. Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 28. Amen. Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 28. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, him I proclaim to you. And so just think about that. They was worshiping a God they did not know. So he says, the one whom you worship without knowing, I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth. So that's what I was talking about, that God is Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. All of heaven knows that, but all of earth does not know that. So we proclaim the gospel, the word of God, so that Jesus can be received as Lord, but not only that, the benefit of his lordship would be seen in this earth realm. Amen. So he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell, to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings 
so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. And so I, I want to say that also. God is not far from us. You know, by faith, the Bible says we don't have to bring Jesus down from above or up from beneath, but the word is nigh us, even the word of faith, which we speak, amen, that, that word of faith is in our heart. It is, it is in our mouth to, to cause us to be able to touch the living God. And that's what it's all about, you know, that people approach God as if he's foggy or vague or far away and yet. What we want to do is to bring people face to face, introduce people to the Lord Jesus and for that for that relationship to be real and for that fellowship to be real. It says, for in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also of his of his offspring. Amen. So this is Paul on Mars Hills. These are, this is in Greece, Athens, amen, where they had many idols, amen. He says that he studied, he, he, he observed the objects of their affection, amen. So those, those idols were the objects of their devotion, the objects of their affection, because they were looking for God, amen. And so what... The gods, those many gods represented were desires, amen, or lust, amen. And so they were trying to touch base with a God who could satisfy their lust or their desire with many gods. And yet the, the ironic thing is that the one God, the one that they did not know is the God who satisfies desires. Not talking about lust, it's what you're actually yearning for. A lust is, is simply a counterfeit, a substitute. You, you're yearning for true love. You're not, you're not yearning for, for lust or you know some sort of fornication or some sort of relationship. That's not what you really want, <laughs> amen. Or that's not what your true self is yearning for. Amen. You're yearning for God. It is fulfilled. It is, it is expressed in Jesus. Amen. And so the fact that they were going after many gods showed that they did not know God. Amen. They, they had a tomb with an inscription to the unknown God. And so Paul came and preached the God that they did not know Amen. That they thought was far off, hard to get to. And yet he's not hard to get to. Amen. He, he is there for us. Amen. If we will open up our hearts to him. Amen. And so the, the tomb to the unknown God, inscription to the unknown God in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two and verse sixteen. First Corinthians chapter two, verse sixteen. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? 
But we have the mind of Christ. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and humbled himself, even to the death on the cross. Amen. And so the contrast, Acts chapter 17, is people who had many gods represented by many idols. Amen. And we even believers, amen, if we are not careful, instead of serving the true and living God, who is Lord of heaven and earth, amen, because of our desires, which are not subject to God, desires, amen. Idols, korabash, inzi proboshata. Idols represent trying to get satisfied by anything other than the Lord, amen. To be appeased by anything other than the Lord, amen. And so we have idols of gold and silver, hallelujah. We have, we have idols of medicine and men, amen. We have, we have idols of those things where we look for fulfillment or satisfaction in things other than the Lord. We even toast, amen, and praise the idols of gold, the gods of gold and silver. People praise the abilities of monies, amen. People praise the abilities of the power of men. People praise medicine. People praise technology, amen. People praise all kinds of things for the benefits that they bring, but the blessing is of the Lord, amen. There's a difference, amen, between a benefit Amen. Apart from the Lord and the blessing of the Lord, which includes which includes all things. So God is trying to connect you with himself. Amen. And God teaches you. Amen. How he operates. What is what are his ways? And God teaches you. Amen. He teaches the ways of the kingdom of God, the way that things work. Amen. And so God has given it unto me and my wife. Amen. To teach you the ways of God and to teach you the ways of the kingdom of God. Amen. Paul says, I perceive that you are very, very religious. Amen. Herein lies the problem. Amen. You can be busy with religion and not know God. Your, your tomb is to the unknown God. Amen. But you have idols for everything else. Amen. But you really don't know God. God is far off. The more you engage with idols, the farther off God is. Amen. The Bible says, draw near unto God. He will, he will draw near unto you. That means let go of those idols. Amen. Draw near unto God. All that come to God must believe that he is. Amen. He is the reality. Amen. Of all that you desire, all that you hope for. Amen. He, he is the reality of all truth. Amen. You search, you seek for truth. The Bible that, that speaks, and even history speaks 
you know, about the Greco-Roman Empire, that, that they were not satisfied. They, they sought after knowledge. They sought after philosophy. Amen. They went after every new thing the Bible says. Amen. That they, they groped for. They went after wisdom. And yet the Bible declares that Christ is made wisdom unto us. Amen. Everything that they were looking for and all those gods, amen, that the truth of it, the reality is found in the Lord. And so God is trying to bring people to the truth. He's trying to bring people to the reality. The Bible says, who has known the mind of God that they may instruct him, amen, but we have the mind of, of Christ, amen. So many times with believers, it is, it is not as blatant as those, those on Mars Hill, the Rapagus, amen. It, it, is, it is not as clear about the different gods that we have, amen. It is, it is not as clear, but it's just as true, amen, because we try to instruct the Lord. In other words, the Lord is supposed to own our life. And our life will show it, amen, by doing the will of God, doing the commands of Jesus, amen. But we try to hold the right, amen, to say that the Lord cannot have complete access to us, amen. That, that, that we try to overrule the Lord. Many times on a subconscious level, we play games with God. We want to have our own way. Amen. And so the things that we want, we say that we heard God clearly. Amen. But the things that God says that we don't want, we say, well, I don't know about that. You know, I will pray about that or I'm going another way. You see, we're playing games with God. Amen. We, we're overruling the Lord. We're overruling. The Holy Spirit supposed to be Lord. In this earth, amen, when the Holy Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. We're free to do whatever the Holy Spirit says to do, amen, and he brings freedom to our lives. That's where the freedom is, amen. It takes energy and effort to keep up a lie. <laughs> it takes energy and effort. That's why you like to be around other people who hold that same lie. Less energy. Amen. Everybody is agreeing with that lie. Amen. In, in my life, I don't have to put up so much energy. I don't have to be um, agitated. Amen. That when you strive against the Holy Spirit, it produces emotions. If you're holding on to that idol, so to speak, you will be agitated or you will be grieved when you hear the truth. Amen. And you'll be quick to say that I don't have any peace, so it must not be true. But you're holding on to idols. Amen. And you don't know how to flow with the Lord. Amen. This is an issue uh, with the church. They start out in the spirit, but they believe that they are made perfect in the flesh. Amen. Their default position is the flesh. Their default position is to lean on the arm 
of the flesh. In other words, you begin to take a step in the Lord, that great unknown, where your only safety net is, is the Lord. Amen. And so you begin to move toward the things that you know. Amen. Instead of that, which is unseen, the things that pertain to God, the things which are held together. Amen. By the word of God, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. In him, amen, all things are, they, they consist, the Bible says, that he is um, before all things and by him, Jesus, all things consist. He, he holds all things together. That's what you have, <laughs> amen. His word is true. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. <laughs> Amen. So his word is true. You'll know it if you stick with him. <laughs> Amen. The old folks said, try God, try him. Amen. And see that he is true. In Ephesians chapter four, Ephesians chapter four, And beginning with verse, verse 3, we're going to show you how things work or supposed to work in the body of Christ. Amen. That the ways of God, the ways of God are perfect. Amen. He is perfect in all his way. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, amen. So we're supposed to strive to keep the unity of the spirit, amen. So unity is found in and with the Holy Spirit. Wow, he is the spirit of God, he is God. He brings everything to divine order, amen. That the Bible says that all things are reconciled unto Christ, uh, that, that which is in heaven and that which is in earth. Amen. And so the, the heavenly vision, Paul says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. So the vision of heaven is, is to be found in this earth. We're supposed to be reconciled. We're supposed to be one with that, with that heavenly vi vision. And the Holy Spirit is the agent of unity and oneness to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond, in the bond of peace, amen. Bond means that which binds everything together, amen. So the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, amen, to bind together, amen, with peace, amen, that which, which makes for which makes for peace. So, so the Lord has called the body of Christ, amen, to be one in the spirit, amen, or to be unified with the spirit and to be bound, amen. And so I like that word bound, the, to be bound, not to be bound by the devil, but to be bound, for instance, in covenant, to be bound in love, to be bound with 
the Lord. That's what it's talking about when it says the bond of peace, keeping, keeping the peace, not the compromise of man, but to be brought at peace with the Lord. Amen. And verse four, it says there's one body and one spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling. So the key, amen, to flowing with God is to be one with him. That is 1 Corinthians 6, 17. They that are joined unto the Lord are one spirit, amen. Don't be joined in body to an harlot because as the scripture says, he made two to be one. Amen. It says, but we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it says that they that are joined unto the Lord are one spirit. Amen. So, so the, the, the key to flowing with God is, is oneness. Who has known the mind of God that they may instruct him? You don't instruct God. Amen. We get our direction from Jesus, who is the head of the church. Amen. The mind of Christ is to be submitted to the will of God. Amen. Jesus was always submitted, even in his earthly ministry. Jesus was always submitted to the, to the will of God. Amen. And so we're supposed to have that same mindset. The Bible says Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered, a willingness to suffer to do the will of God. Jesus says, occupy till I come. That's what it's talking about. He says that you must count the cost. So in this earth realm, there is no cost, amen, that you're not willing to pay to do the will of God. That's what he means, that you must have sufficiency to build a tower. You must have sufficiency to wage war. Amen. That means when push comes to shove, that you operate by the grace and the anointing and the power of God to be willing to pay the price. That's how you accrue things heavenly. That's how you accrue things in your heavenly account. That's why we give, amen, to accrue things in our heavenly account saying nothing the gods of silver and gold, they have no hold on me, amen. So I dishonor them as I honor the Lord, amen. You have to dishonor the devil's kingdom, whatever he comes at you with, with to try to get you to lust after, that you have to dishonor him. You say, devil, amen, since you are coming to me with something to try to make me lust after, amen. I'll take that thing and I will count it as dung as far as something that I want. But if it is something that I can honor the Lord, that I can lay it down, that I can give as a sacrifice unto the Lord to show devil you have no hold on me, you have no hold on me. I'm, I'm not lusting after that. My desire is for the Lord, and therefore you stay clean. The Lord purifies you in your walk, amen, as you say no to lust. Amen. <laughs> amen. The spirit of this world, that's what we're talking about, trying to get a hold on you, amen. But the spirit of God is supposed to have a hold 
on you. He purifies you and he purifies your walk. Amen. So there's one body and one spirit. So the key to flowing with God and the key for the church is to know that there's one body of Christ and one Holy Spirit. In James chapter 2. The book of James chapter 2 verse 26. James chapter 2 verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Amen. So it's talking about the physical body without the breath. But it's also, you can say, the, the body of Christ without the Holy Ghost. Amen. So it's the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead. So he's talking about the works of God. Amen. By faith, you do the works of God. Amen. You do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are the body of Christ and members in particular. Amen. So for the church to do the work of God, it cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. It would be dead works. If the church was doing works without the Holy Spirit, it is dead. It is dead. It is dead works. Amen. And so it is talking about the physical body without the breath. So it's given an example. Physical body without the breath of life is dead. And because it says faith without works, it's talking about the works of God. By faith, we allow the Holy Spirit to work. In other words, if there's any work that is a work of God, the Holy Spirit was involved. Amen. So by faith, amen, faith without works is dead. Amen. And so faith, trusting in God, believing God, to be moved in our belief. Amen. In other words, there will be corresponding actions with our believing. Amen. So Abraham believed God. It was accounted unto him for righteousness. Amen. He went to the land that God told him. He was willing to sacrifice his Isaac, his son. Amen. And it was accounted unto him uh, for righteousness. Amen. So the church, the body, the body of Christ is called to do the work of God. You cannot do the work of God without the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so your faith activates the Holy Spirit to manifest what is a true, what is a true work of God. Amen. And so faith without works is dead. The body without the spirit is, is dead. Works that are done without the Holy Spirit, they're called dead works. So back to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 4. Amen. So I already said there's one body and one spirit. Amen. Let's stick with. Yeah, verse 4, just as you are called in one hope of your calling. Amen. So you got to get these things in your spirit. Amen. One body, one spirit. Amen. And then one hope of your calling. So everything is one. Amen. 
So what are you seeing? You're seeing that as you pursue life, amen, that your life is found in Jesus, amen. So the faith that you live by, amen, the life that you live in the flesh is by the faith of the Son of God, amen. So your life, your old life has perished, and it is to the degree that you allow Jesus to live through you. Amen. You can only allow Jesus to live through you if you get rid of the old. Amen. Or as you believe that the old has been gotten rid of, it's the only way that you can allow Jesus to live through you in fullness. Amen. So the things that you're trying to do, amen, are accomplished in Christ Jesus so he gets all the glory. The ministry that you purpose to attain to is accomplished in Christ Jesus. Amen. The ministry that you're trying to attain to, the life that you're trying to attain to is accomplished in Christ Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 18. So keep up with me. We just said, okay, there's one body, one spirit. Then we said, just as there is one hope of your calling. Amen. There, there's one hope. Hope is the desired result. Amen. Hope is the heavenly vision. Amen. So the Bible says there's not all these many callings, even though there are many callings. You understand there's, <laughs> there's one body, even though there's a lot of members, but we're part of that one body. There's one spirit, amen, that we yield to, who is the Holy Spirit. There is one hope of your calling. So you're saying, I have a calling. I sense it. I yearn it. I, 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 I'm yearning for it. I, 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 I desire, amen, that calling. Amen. So God has called you. It means to be invited to participate in the kingdom. It means to be invited to sit down, amen, at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. You're, you're called apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, psalmists. Amen. Music minister. Amen. Those who give with charity. Amen. With hospitality. Amen. The you have a calling, but the Bible says there's one. In other words, our calling equals one calling. Amen. You, you have to see things from God's perspective. So in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So all those callings are called Jesus' calling. So stop being selfish. Stop talking about your ministry. Thank you, man. Stop talking about how you're so special. The Bible says it is Jesus' calling, and it's one. So all those different callings, amen, me and my wife, we are apostles unto the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are part of that great 
calling of all that Jesus has called to do his will. And so we have to understand that it is it is one. We're working in that oneness. His calling for Jesus's calling to be manifested right in this earth. Not being selfish. Amen. Not thinking about ourselves. Amen. Not stop thinking about building up ourselves. Amen. If you could grasp hold of the fact that it comes about from being one with the Lord. If you can be one with him, then Jesus will manifest and he will get the glory. Though you are doing the works of God. <laughs> Amen. Jesus will be glorified. The name of this ministry is Christ Be Glorified Ministries. Amen. The Lord gave that to my wife. Amen. It, it, it came by revelation. Amen. And so we purpose not to deviate from Christ be glorified. It's not about me. It's not about her. Amen. Anything, amen, that we do is for him to be seen, Jesus to be seen. Amen. He's the one who saves. He's the one who heals. Amen. So one hope, amen, of your calling, which Ephesians 1.18 says is Jesus' calling. Amen. And then back to Ephesians chapter 4 again. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. He says, for there is one Lord, okay, on the Aeropagus, Mars Hill, they had many gods, amen, representing many desires. The Bible says there's one Lord, one faith and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. So it, it, the Lord did not call all these denominations. <laughs> Man, that's just the truth. Somebody had another idea. Amen. Somebody wanted to separate themselves as special and peculiar that they had it right. Amen. And so they staked themselves out in a denomination. But the Lord does not recognize denominations. The Lord says that there is one Lord, one faith. Amen. The faith of the Lord. One baptism, one God and Father of all who is in who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen. So the, the key, amen, to, to the church operating in power is to know that we are one with the Lord. We don't have our own ideas. And the way that we show that we are one is by yielding, by yielding to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just as the body cannot function without the breath, Amen. The body of Christ cannot function without the Holy Spirit. Amen. You cannot do the Father's works without the Holy Spirit. Your works will be dead. Amen. Praise be to God. In St. John, St. John chapter 17. St. John chapter 17. 
and verse 22. Amen. How do, how do we become one with the Lord? St. John. Chapter 17, verse 22. Jesus says, he's praying to the Father. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. So how are you one? You're one in the glory. What does the glory represent? It's what God gave in the beginning. Amen. The same glory was with Christ, and God gave it to Adam. The Bible says, what is man that art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him, thou made him a little lower than the angels, and crowned him with glory and honor. Amen. What does the glory represent? One with God, not rebelling against God. God puts his glory on the thing of his purpose. Amen. So God made everything with a purpose. As long as the thing that God made would operate according to that purpose, it would give glory to God. Amen. So everything that God told Adam, amen, to be fruitful, to multiply, to have dominion and authority, to guard the garden. Those words were glorious words, amen. For Adam to obey, if, if Adam would obey those words, the glory would stay on him, amen. And the glory would be a sign that he was obedient unto God. You understand? The glory represents the blessed state, what God intended from the beginning, he put the glory on. When man sinned, the glory departed. Amen. Now the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Amen. The sons of glory. Hallelujah. Would somebody, amen, yield to God? Will somebody, amen, obey the Lord? Will someone be a true son of God? Amen. How do you show it? You're wearing what God is wearing, the glory. Hallelujah. How do you show that you're kin to God? Amen. The glory. How do you get the glory? By submitting unto God, not trying to do your own thing. Amen. Not trying to do your own works. Amen. God will put his glory on that. Amen. He's, he'll say, this, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, just like he said to Jesus. Amen. The Bible says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. By your faith, you obey. When you obey, the glory comes back on that situation. Let, let me explain, for instance, that the gospel is good news. Amen. And so when a person is sick, we minister the word and then we minister the works of God. Amen. So when a sick person is made well, raised up by the power of God, it is the glory, the resurrection power of God that raised them up. That's why the man at the gate, beautiful, jumping and leaping and praising God, gave glory to God and everybody else gave glory to God as they followed this guy that they knew, amen, was lame for a long time. Man, they followed them, giving glory to God. So glory was brought, brought back to the situation, the, the work of God. Amen. So God made everything good, the Bible says. Everything God made was good. It was good. So there was no um, sickness, no lameness, you know. 
or whatever. And so when you bring back to that blessed state where everything is good, so the glory comes back. And the way that you get there is being one with God and yielding to the Holy Spirit who guides and leads you in all truth. That's the word. Amen. He says the word is true. You don't have to be lame. Holy Ghost. Amen. The word says you can be raised to that blessed state what God intended from the beginning. By your faith, you release the glory of God as you yield to the word of God and to the working of the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people say they believe the word, but they refuse to yield to the Holy Spirit. It is both. It is the spirit of truth. Of it is the Holy Spirit and the word of truth. Amen. And so Jesus says in the glory, Father, the glory that I had with me, that you gave to me at the beginning, give to them. Amen. So that we can be one. How do we know we want? Because it's in the glory. We're not rebelling. We're wearing the same thing that the Lord is wearing. We're kin to God. We're one with him. We're son of God, daughter of God. We're not rebelling. That, that spirit of rebellion of the devil that he spoke to Eve. Amen. Amen. And so what happens? That we have to be brought back to a glorious state to be reconciled, sons of of glory. We have to be the seed, the offspring of the Lord. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. It says, For it was fitting for him, Jesus, for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons to glory. So what is Jesus doing? That He's bringing sons to glory. You, you, you have to look at it from heaven's perspective. Christ ascended on how he gave gifts unto men. What are we doing? We're, we're reconciling. What does that mean? We're bringing sons back into that glorious state. <laughs> Amen. So God wanted a lot of children God wanted a lot of godly seed, amen, running around in the glory, being one with him in the glory, amen. It says, bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Jesus suffered, amen. He, he was willing to go through everything that he suffered. That's what the Bible is talking about. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. And so the world is, is going to try to get you to disassociate from the Lord. So in this earth, there is pressure, persecution, and sufferings to get you not to be one with the Lord and to get you not um, to love the Lord. But if you go through those things holding fast to Jesus, you'll be just like Jesus. You'll be sanctified unto the Lord. You'll be one with the Lord. Amen. So everything that the enemy brings to separate you from the love of God, 
You do not allow that to separate you from the love of God. And so your willingness to go through that will sanctify you. Separate you unto God will purify you. So if you show me a person who is not willing to suffer, I'll show you a person who is not willing to be sanctified unto the Lord. The Bible says God is, has sanctified, amen, has separated unto himself all that are godly. I'll show you a person that is not godly, amen. If you're not willing to pay the price, amen, as the Bible says, to occupy, to have sufficiency, amen. It means you have sufficiency if you're willing to go through that persecution, you'll have the sufficiency to do the work of God. Build a tower, amen, and wage warfare. You'll, you'll have sufficiency in God. Paul says our sufficiency is not of ourselves, but it's from the Lord. And so in other words, that the sufficiency that you need comes from the Lord, but it will not be realized if you're not willing to suffer persecution. Does it make sense? You, you'll never get the sufficiency that you need. Paul says our sufficiency to minister is, is, is from the Lord. <laughs> Amen. So the part, you're getting this, the part that you need is from the Lord. That He says my grace is sufficient. You don't have it yet because you're not willing to suffer. You don't even know what's in your heart. You don't even know if you have the ability to stand. Amen. But if you are willing, amen, to, as Jesus was an example, by suffering, captain of his, of our salvation, that he's the captain of our salvation, was made perfect, amen, through the things, perfect through sufferings, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call us brethren. Why we can to him. He's got the glory on him. We got the, his glory on us. Amen. It's his glory. Not us stealing his glory. Amen. Saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here I am in the children whom God has given me. So Jesus is not ashamed to say that we are one of him. Amen. We, we are of him. He'll even declare God's name to us, his, his brethren. Amen. In the midst of the assembly, he says, I will sing praise. So Jesus will praise the Father in the midst of the sons of glory. That's the assembly. Amen. Jesus praising to the Father. In other words, in the midst of that, that oneness that God praised, Jesus was in the midst of that. Amen. You ever seen praise reach just a, a perfection? It seems like heaven is praising also. <laughs> but so Jesus is in the midst of his brethren. Amen. Singing praise unto God. Amen. Why? We are manifesting we're manifesting Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are of him. We have his nature. We have his heart. Amen. We have a gentle spirit toward God. In other words, 
We're not hard toward the Lord. We, we are not rebellious toward Him. Amen. So we are a son of God by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that God has not given us that, that spirit of bondage to fear, but a spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So by the Holy Spirit, we cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. That's that oneness of the Spirit. Our Spirit has become one with the Holy Spirit to know, to cry out out of sincerity, Abba, Abba, Father, you are my Father. I love you, Father. It is, it is true. It is reality. <laughs> I love to say reality because there's a difference between religion, amen, and the reality of serving God. <laughs> you, have to be, you have to be brought in that place where spirit is reality. You have to be brought to the place where spirit, amen, is, is reality. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace with God. Amen. He's also the spirit of the movement of God. Amen. We say the Holy Spirit moves. Amen. When the Holy Spirit moves, the works are manifested. Amen. The Bible says the wind blows where it wheels. Amen. And we see the effects, amen, but we don't know exactly, you know, the wherewithal, where it's coming from, amen. The Holy Spirit blows where he will. That's the work of the Spirit. No one has known the mind of God that they may instruct him. God has a work to do in this earth realm. We are part of that work, but we can't do our own work. It is only by yielding unto God, yielding unto the Holy Spirit, to do the work of God, that it will be signified to be God's work. Amen. In St. John chapter 5, St. John chapter 5, verses 15 through 18. St. John chapter 5, Verses 15 through 18. Amen. And I, I really wanted to include just this, this, this passage about the Sabbath because it is, it is such a part of this scripture. So the man at the pool, amen, you know, where the angels would stir the water and uh, he had nobody to put him in. And Jesus asked him, did he want to be made well? And so Jesus healed him, lame man. Jesus healed him. Amen. And uh, he didn't know exactly who it was. And so the, uh, the Jews had asked him, he, he didn't know. Well, he saw Jesus again and Jesus told him who he was. It says, uh, verse 15, it says, Then the man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. And for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him. Because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Amen. So this, this is an interesting way of phrasing things. Amen. Jesus says that when he healed that lame man, that signified that God has been working until now, and now he is working. Amen. You say, well, I thought that God had already worked. I'll get to that. Yes, God had already worked. Amen. 
But the blessing, the blessed state has to be brought back to earth. The earth was under a curse. Amen. And so the, the curse was plaguing mankind. Amen. And so the devil works came into play. Amen. Because place had been given to the devil. So the devil began to do wicked works. And so people were, you know, lame. People were blind. People had leprosy. That, that represented the works of Satan. Amen. And so it took a work of God to undo the works of Satan, even though God had already worked. The fact that Jesus worked on the Sabbath showed that God had already worked. Amen. In Genesis, the book of Genesis, I'm going to tie it all together. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his works, which God had created and made. So God worked works for six days. Seven days he rested. It's called the Sabbath. It, it was a day to signify that everything that God had done was good. So it was sanctified and a holy day. Amen. That God made everything perfect. He did it. Amen. Everybody is healthy. Everybody is clean. Everybody is purified. Everybody has soundness of mind. Amen. There's, there's no corruption, no erosion. Amen. The plants are perfect. Everything is perfect. Amen. The atmosphere is perfect. So God worked, rested on the seventh day. Amen. Jesus came and he worked the works of God. Many times the Bible will point out that he did it on the Sabbath day. Amen. Which showed that God's works were completed. Amen. In other words, if Jesus would heal someone, it, it actually gave honor to the Father God and himself and the Holy Spirit because they were there when God made everything perfect and good. But Jesus honored the Father. So if Jesus healed on the Sabbath, that proves, they said, don't work on the Sabbath. Jesus says the works are complete. I can bring things back into that blessed state to that day. You, you're honoring a spiritual day. Do you understand? Not a natural day, though you may have a natural day. You're on in the day. <laughs> Amen. The, the, the Bible says that God confirmed that in that day, amen, that, that it is an accepted time, amen, that God has helped us in that day. So that day is a spiritual day. You can have a natural day to signify that spiritual day that God's works are complete. So Jesus would work on the Sabbath doing the same works that the Father had worked or bringing people back into that blessed state. And he says, I'm Lord of the Sabbath. I, I did not profane the Sabbath. Amen. And so they wanted to kill him. Amen. Because 
He not only worked on the Sabbath, the Bible says, but he, he said that he was the son of God, making himself equal with God. Amen. So look at equal as being one with God. He, he, he's saying I'm one with God. You know I'm one with God because of the works that I do. Amen. These are God's works. And so that's the way it's supposed to be. With the church, we're supposed to do the works of God. So if a person has a problem, you can say that I, you know I'm one with God because of the, the very works, the very works that I do. Amen. So very quickly, um, the Holy Spirit is the seal of the Father's work. The Bible says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Seal is that which is of the king to show that it is official. It is of the king, authorized by the king. So the Holy Spirit is the seal of the, that it is the Father's works. Amen. And so St. John chapter 14, verses 11 and 12, I won't go there, but it says, the works that I do, you shall do also. And greater works than these because I go, because I go to the Father. Amen. So the church is supposed to do the works of God. How are you going to do the works of God? By being one with the Lord. Amen. How do you know you're one? Because the glory comes on you, that glory which gives glory to him, that you are submitted to his purpose. You are submitted to his will. You don't have your own ideas. You don't have your own agenda. I, I, I don't have to sensationalize. I don't, I don't have to splash and dash. I don't have to amaze people with the, with the way that I speak. Amen. That the Lord shows that I am one with him by having glory on me, glory on my wife, glory on this ministry as we do, as we do the works of God. And so the Holy Spirit is the seal that those are the works of God. So we are not supposed to break that seal. Amen. If this is the king's business, the king's seal, we're not supposed to break that seal. We, we are not supposed to deviate from God's works. Amen. We are not supposed to break the bond. In other words, we are bound to the Lord by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, come unto me. All who labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He says, to take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He says, for I'm meek and lowly in spirit. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, you'll find rest for your soul. Those who are burdened and heavy laden, those who are doing their own works. He says, come unto me. I will give you work to do. <laughs> Amen. I will put a yoke upon you, but the yoke is easy. My burden is light. In other words, the yoke is the yoke of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you're going to do the works of God, you have to be in step with Jesus by being yoked, bond, bound unto the Lord by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is not a suggestion. This is just, I guess this is where I'm trying to get to. You have such a fellowship. You have such a relationship with the Holy Spirit that you dare not hurt him. In other words, you, you have come into covenant and agreement with the Lord. The, the last thing in the world you want to do is grieve the Holy Spirit. 
The last thing that you want to do is quench the Holy Spirit. The last thing that you want to do is hurt the Holy Spirit by going after another desire, doing something that the Lord did not say. You, you, you just will not do it. Why are you bound? Amen. The, the, the unity of the Spirit by the bond of peace. You, you're, you're bound to be at peace with the Lord. Amen. And bring that peace to other other believers. You, you will not. Amen. No matter what they offer, you will not. Amen. Praise be to God. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for teaching us your ways, Father God, that the body of Christ may operate according to the will of God. Amen. That we may have true testimonies. I hear the Lord says, I want my testimonies to be true. Amen. That we have somewhat to say because God is doing great works in our midst, amen, and that we are one with you, Lord God, hallelujah, and we're willing to be moved by the Holy Spirit, even into areas, amen, that we would not have normally moved in, our, in ourselves. The wind of God is, is blowing, and we know how to relax, amen, in the currents, hallelujah to let the Lord move us, amen, to greater frontiers, to greater boundaries, to, to, to break through, hallelujah, Holy Ghost, into areas, to not to be satisfied, not to be fooled by the facade, not to settle for anything less. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. For more information, visit ChristBeGlorifiedMinistries.com and you can also follow us on Facebook under Christ Be Glorified Ministries. Thank you so much and God bless you.